the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buca Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bible with you, and you should, uh, please turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 on today. The word of the Lord reads as follows. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude and they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, uh, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Would you pray with me on this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you for another great day. We bless you for the opportunity and privilege of the preachment of the word. God, it is my prayer even right now that you would empower me, that you would speak through my lips, God, that you would think through my mind, God, that my thinking might be clear, that my words may be articulated well, such that the very oracle of God might be spoken in the hearing hearts of the people of God and those who are searching and seeking a way of deliverance. God, deliver them out of the darkness that they are currently in. Father, I pray that you would save the lost, that you would reclaim the drifter. God, that you would edify those who are in need of edification and encourage those who are discouraged. Spirit of the living God, it's my prayer on this occasion this day that as I stand to declare this word, that all that is done and all that is said would glorify you, Father, because I believe that most importantly, your name needs to be glorified. So, Lord, have thine own way as we lean and depend on you to accomplish the assignment set before us on this day. Have your way, Jesus. Have your own way. And we will forever give your name the glory and the honor and the praise It is in Jesus' name that I pray with thanksgiving and expectation of what you shall do. And all the people of God all over the world who were listening said amen and amen. This passage that we find ourselves in finds Jesus after having been teaching by the Sea of Galilee a whole exhausting day of ministry. And 
Jesus is tired and wearied in his flesh, and he gives clarity and instruction after having received it from his father that it's now time for us to go to the other side of the sea. They're in the midst of getting there. A great windstorm rises up on the sea. In the midst of this windstorm, there is a great lesson also that is being taught to the disciples and us here in Mark chapter 4. And try to glean, if I can, what we can for how it is that we might be able to manage these types of situations that might occur in our own life's journey. I want to talk to you on today from the subject matter, responding to a great windstorm on the sea. All of us occasionally will find that a fierce windstorm will come and disrupt your life and hit you on this sea of life and cause you to be reeling and rocking in the midst of the windstorm. And as we delve into this, there are three suggestions that I would say that are options that we have in responding to a great windstorm that will come and catch us on the sea of life. First and foremost, as I read through the text, we see that it is on the same day in the evening time after Jesus is performing the miracles and teaching and preaching. He receives wisdom and sight from God is because Jesus didn't do anything except his father sent him to do. And so having known that the time for the teaching and the preaching and the miracle performing on that side of the Sea of Galilee was complete. There was an assignment and a timetable that Jesus had, and he had instruction, and he had guidance from the Father, and he then conveyed the plans to the disciples that this is what we're going to do next. We're going to the other side. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose And the waves began to beat on the boat, and it was filling up with water. And uh, verse 38 says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I believe that one of the options that you and I also have in the middle of a great windstorm, in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic, I believe that one of the options that we can extract from the text that is here this morning is that we can do like Jesus did and we can rest right through it. Uh, All of us are going to deal with this at some point in time. And since Jesus shows us here He's got his instructions. He told him what to do. And I'll say it like this. When you know what your destiny is and you have an assignment from God already, then while you're on your way to your assignment, it doesn't really matter what wind comes along. If I've already got confirmed plans from the Father, I can rest when the windstorm comes, because I already know that the plans that were given to me, I know I'm going to get there because God has given it to me. And so therefore, there's no need of me being alarmed. I can just lay back in the midst of the windstorm and rest and preserve my energy until I get to my destination. Even when windstorms come, you can still rest in the midst of your windstorm. You don't have to get all panicky and running around on the boat and all that. You know, just go on, go to sleep. Now, there's another thing here I was thinking 
Jesus also knows, now I'm speaking of Jesus in his incarnate fleshly form. He also knows who's on the boat with him. Knows that when he got on this boat, that on the boat with him was the power and presence of his daddy. And so since he knew who was on the boat with him, he could go ahead and rest while he was on the boat. Because you know that you've got someone who has authority to handle the wind on the boat with you. Now, let's just think of it from the perspective that maybe even God doesn't decide to do anything with the wind. We know that even if the boat fills up with water, our God has the ability to cause the boat not to sink because we've got a supernatural God. Now, even if I'm on the boat and and I'm one of the disciples who's just watched and witnessed Jesus perform all kinds of miracles, I already ought to know that because he's on the boat with me, he can show up perform miracles in the midst of the sea and so sometimes for all of us in the midst of our windstorm we just need to remember who it is we've got on the boat with us and then we can rest we can grab a pillow and go to sleep Jesus knows the father has given me instructions he's not going to let me get out in the middle of the sea and drown Jesus was very much aware he he knew now in the sea of Galilee is a sea that's kind of a set right off and between these mountains. And so it's very common just through the, uh, the way that the positioning of the sea is that wind comes down, shoots off the mountain, and there are sudden windstorms that come up on the Sea of Galilee. Now, not only does Jesus know this, but remember, Jesus has some fishermen on the boat with him who are also very familiar and very knowledgeable that this is a common occurrence. And since it is a common occurrence, and now these are also some very dangerous winds because they can come up very suddenly and they can be very strong and very fierce. But if you've been on the boat before... And you've already experienced that these sudden storms come up and you know how to survive them and that these are sudden and they do have this normal, it's not unusual, then then what you will do is that you will be able to rest without having to get up and be concerned. Think about this. The last time there was a thunderstorm in your neighborhood, I know that every now and then we have a thunderstorm that's just like a thunder boomer and it'll wake you up out of your sleep. Even if the thunder and the lightning wake you up out of your sleep, You probably don't run outside in the middle of a storm to see whether the siding is still there. You probably say, oh, yeah, another thunderstorm. (sighs) Uh, Turn right on over and go right back to sleep. Why? Because we know that the house that we're in can sustain the storm. And you can rest when you know that storms are going to come. So, therefore, we we can do like Jesus did and just rest. That's an option you have. You can rest through the windstorm. That's, that's one option. Now, as I kept reading the text, that was very encouraging, And but we can reproach God for it. When I say reproach, it means to express disapproval to God. They woke Jesus up from his sleep. He's in the boat sleep. The boat is filling up with water. There's 12 of them at least on the boat. And instead of them managing and handling it, they reproach Jesus They express their disapproval and wake him up because of the circumstances that are going on. Now, that's an option that you have also. You can get fearful and let fear take over. And in your fear, you can wake Jesus up and you can reproach him and you can tell God, you know, all your disappointments with him allowing this windstorm to come on your life. Things are going to happen. Okay? 
we can get caught up into that. But let me point you to the real key that's, that's happening here is because of fear. So fear is affecting their response. And they go a step farther and, and they accuse him of not even caring about them. This, this is the level to which they take their disapproval, their, their reproach of God. They ask him the question, do you not even care that we are perishing? Now, it's interesting to me that um, in the middle of a windstorm, people have uh, an exaggerated perspective of what's really happening. Now, the text really didn't say they were perishing. It just said the wind was uh, causing the sea to beat against the ship and water was filling the boat. They weren't dying. No, they were just in the boat that was filling up with water and wind was blowing. Okay? I'm just trying to give you the real perspective. But they have exaggerated their circumstances and fear will cause this to happen to you. And when you accuse God, you're now accusing God at a level that is approaching blasphemy. Um, now, I know some people are going to argue me on that. It's, it's not blasphemy. It's approaching blasphemy. I mean, like, you're basically telling God you don't even care. Well, let me remind you something about windstorms on the sea of life. Jesus never promised us, ever, in this Christian journey, he never promised us that we would not have trouble. In fact, John chapter 16, somewhere around verse 30, 33, it says, in this life, you will have tribulation. That's promised to us. In this life, you're going to have it. And so there's no need of me reproaching him because tribulation comes. There's no need in me telling him he doesn't care when times like that come. They're going to come. That's normal. That's natural. Please don't ever accuse him of not caring for you. Because he has done far too much. He suffered way too much. He was crucified way too long for you to dare open up your mouth and let the words proceed from your lips that you don't care for us. Don't let that be part of the recipe of your complaining that he doesn't care for you. Matter of fact, if you're breathing, you ought to know he cares for you. If you've got any of these things, if the bones in your body are still holding you up, if your mind is still working, you ought to know that he still cares for you. You ought to understand that God is working all kinds of things out for you. But Lord have mercy, don't you ever dare declare he doesn't care for you. That's fear talking. Because see, fear blocks our ability to trust in God. And they begin to reproach God. Instead of them resting through the storm, they're reproaching God in the storm. Third and finally, we can respond in faith to the storm. Look at the verse 39. It picks up. It says, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And then what happened? And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he came to them and said, why are you so fearful? There it is. And how is it that you have no faith? Well, here's what Jesus is trying to promote in them. And that is that your response to this great windstorm on the sea should have been faith. We should respond in faith. Jesus wanted them to know that they were fearful and he wanted them to understand how their fear had impacted their reaction. Fearfulness disarms faith. And so he says to them, 
Why y'all so, this is my version. Why y'all so scared? What's the problem? Have you not seen storms before? You know, but Pastor, I never lived through no pandemic. Well, this is just a slight elevation to the things you have been through. And God has taken you and, and moved you through a whole lot of other things. If when I think about this, yeah, we're aware of a virus that's spreading around. But look how long God has kept you when you were unaware that viruses were all around. I mean, God has kept you before. And so he says, now that you're fearful, you can't even walk in faith. I look at this and I say, responding in faith will allow us to respond like Jesus did. But responding in faith will allow us to respond and do what Jesus did. First and foremost, as I read the text, in verse number 39, he arose. Faith, if we respond in faith, faith will allow us when we've been knocked down by the winds and the sea and the rocking and the reeling of this great windstorm on the sea, faith will allow you and I to get back up, to rise up. Listen, because some of us have been knocked down by this great windstorm called COVID-19 and some have lost your jobs and some have lost children and mothers and fathers and you've been knocked down, but faith will allow you to rise back up. You don't have to stay down. Faith in God will allow us to rise back up. Well, Pastor, what I got to have faith in? I'm glad you asked that question. You have faith in what Jesus gave you as a commandment of where we were going in the first place. He said we were going to the other side. Did he not promise you a home in glory? Did he not promise you I'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me? Did he not promise you that when you leave this life, you'll enter into eternal life with me? Is he not a keeper of his promises? If I've lost all this and all these things are happening, so I mean, hey, I can keep my faith in his word, what he told me. And where did he tell you he was going to send you? He says we're going to the other side. So they could have faith in that. We know where we're going. And so if you know where you're going, you don't have to be disturbed about the things that happen along the way. Because there's a guarantee that I'm going to get where I'm going. God didn't promise me that it was going to be a straight road, but he told me I'm going to get there. So faith will allow us, first of all, to respond like Jesus responded in arising. Jesus could have laid down in the boat and said, you know what? Y'all right. There's a lot of water in here. <laughs> I ain't getting up either. I'm just going to stay down here. Y'all handle this business. But he was able to, to rise up as first. But he also, when he rose up, the text says he rose up and then he rebuked the wind. In faith, we have to believe that we have within us the living God who is capable to speak to the wind. And we can rebuke the wind in the power of the God who lives inside of us. Through faith, we can do things that seem impossible. And I hear what you're saying. Pastor, wait a minute. You really want me to speak to the wind? Well, yeah, I want you to rebuke the wind. I'm telling you, in faith, you can do what Jesus did. The wind is the equivalent of what's creating the effects of the storm. The waves are not moving and hitting the ship and causing the trouble by themselves. The waves are 
doing what they're doing because of the source. The source is the wind. And first Jesus rebukes the wind, pushes the wind back. Stop. Because the wind is precipitating the storm. Without the wind, there's no waves. Then he speaks to the sea. Now the sea is the thing that's being impacted by the wind. That makes the situation in your journey so difficult and makes it so bad. If it was just wind, we probably would go on and not have a problem. But wind impacts things around you so that you can see. And when you start seeing things, you start acting on what you see and not on your faith. We need to learn how to rebuke the source and say to the source in the authority of God, stop. And even though the the stuff is still moving around, the impact is still there. We need to be able to then speak to it and say, peace, be still. In other words, COVID-19 is the wind. That's what's blowing. (laughs) Jobs and health and the economy and the mental health and your patience and being locked in a house. All these are circumstances that the wind is impacting. And so the reason why you can't go nowhere without wearing a mask is because of the wind. But the wind is blowing. And through faith, we can speak with authority and rebuke the wind. Then we can say to the circumstances that are being impacted, be still. In other words, just because they get a vaccine doesn't mean that the impact of the wind is going to stop. So even if they had a vaccine tomorrow, it doesn't mean that you're not still going to see economic ruin and you're still not going to see hunger and you're still not going to see fear and you're still not going to see people losing jobs. No. See, that's the sea that's moving. And so you've got to learn how to then speak to that and say peace, be still. Oh, you, you lost me. You, you, you way over my head. I can't do that. No, you can't. Not in fear, but in faith. Because I look at this thing from this perspective. What if sin is the wind? Racism, injustice, narcissism, division, hatred, that's the sea. So you can go chasing after the sea all you want. In other words, you can try to cure racism, cure injustice. But if the wind is still blowing, there's still going to be adverse responses, adverse reactions, trouble for people. You've got to be able to rebuke the source first. That's what Jesus does. He realizes that even after the wind has stopped blowing, there's still some carryover. There's still the sea that's, that's causing trouble. So then he says to the sea, peace, be still, stop moving. So if we rebuke sin, then we can speak to racism. Then we can speak to hatred. Then we can speak to poverty and say peace be still but as long as there's wind you're going to have impacts of the sea what i want you to get is that in responding in faith and in faith you can do what jesus did he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea see peace be still and then guess what happened the wind ceased and there was a great calm in other words as a result of the faithful statement the wind and the sea did what he said See, when the storm is subdued, the disciples were at peace. And they responded after having witnessed this. And they said, who can this be that even 
the wind and the sea obey him. And I hear what you're saying. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.